now, the Subway Final Word. Good evening, I'm Albie Oxenrider, and welcome to the often imitated, never duplicated, and yes, we're award-winning too. It's the Subway Final Word, where we invite you into the conversation, and let's get started by introducing you to tonight's three panelists. There they are, the afternoon host at 105.9 The X, Mark Madden. Albie, I know he had a good day today, but the player who was the Pirates' designated hitter today came into the game with an average of 150. Yikes. And from our partner, DKPittsburghSports.com, Dan Kabachevich. Yeah, and all he did was hit the winning two-run homer, steal a couple of bases, have a couple other hits, and dominate the entire sweep of the Brewers. He's talented. What you do when you have a talented player is you let them work it out. It's taken forever but it's starting to pay off a little bit. Dejan, the phone's for you. I think it's a blind squirrel. I think it's Carter's turn now. <laughs> and from DK Pittsburgh Sports as well, Chris Carter's back. Hi, Chris. Why are we wasting time on baseball? Steelers practice this week. That's huge news. Yes, yes. <laughs> and they'll do some more this week. Some of the topics we're talking about tonight, we're looking for five words on week one of Steelers camp in pads. How much influence will the quarterbacks coach Matt Canada have on the offense? Should the NFL try to institute a bubble for the playoffs? And what would be a successful outcome at the trade deadline for the Pirates? Lots to talk about. But first, the big topic for the panel. How concerning is this weekend's group of false positives in COVID-19 testing when it comes to game day situations? Mark, you start us off. I don't think it's a concern at all, Albie. I think it speaks well to the NFL's intent to take the virus seriously. Uh, people say that football is going to be tough to get through a season because the players tackle each other, they sweat on each other, etc. No, that's not a concern at all if the testing works and the protocol works because then the virus never, ever gets on the field, be it game day or for a practice. So by worrying and perhaps overreacting, and nobody wants to get the tests wrong, but by handling these false positives, by shutting down camps and practices for a day, show serious intent, so I actually like it. Dan? You know, I mean, the Steelers, I thought, in, as being one of the teams that had the six false positives, uh, handled it as, as well as you'd want, and that is you shut it down and you then come back the next day. Mike Tomlin made very clear that all of these players are going to be back, and he gave the exact dates and times when they're going to be back in their classroom settings and then on the field. The NFL is in a different spot than a sport like baseball because if they delay a game – as Mark was saying, by like a day or something, I mean, somebody's TV schedule gets messed up a little bit and you have to delay the flight, but it's not the end of the world. You're not throwing the whole schedule out of, the, out of whack. Uh, the NFL, I have no doubt, is going to get through these 16 games very smoothly. Chris, false positives. Any concerns? No, this is a sigh of relief. Like, 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 like Mark was saying, like Dale was saying, you know, this is a good thing that the Steelers particularly were able to handle this. They were able to pull players out. It shows the NFL is taking this seriously. I think this is a good sign that means that even in the time when you had the scare that turned out to not even be real, they were prepared for it. So good things all around. All right. A reminder, keep the comments coming. You can find us on Twitter at WPXI Final Word, on Facebook at The Final Word. Now it's time for five words for the panel. Give us uh, five words on week one of Steelers training camp and pads. But first, let's go to uh, Twitter. Ben looks better than ever. Thanks for that. Roethlisberger is ready to rock. And finally, hopefully football will be played. Now the panel. Five words on that, Mark. Well, the social media geeks beat me to it, which I'm quite embarrassed about. 
<laughs> it's all about the Ben. Let's face it, if Ben isn't good, the Steelers have no chance. If Ben hasn't recovered from elbow surgery 100%, the Steelers have no chance. Ben's throwing the ball pretty good, not perfect, but all things considered pretty good, he's pointed in the right direction. Day in five words. I'm loving the passing chemistry. I was over there this week, and nothing impressed me more, well, other than Ben's arm to just keep piling on here, the, the, than the way the receivers, including the tight ends, found Ben. They came to him. They came back on place. Uh, ben was able to hit them at just the right point in their routes whenever they would curl away from a pack. It was really pretty to watch. I, I was more concerned, to be honest with you, about that aspect of Ben's reacclimation to football than I was about the actual elbow. They look like they're ready to go offensively. So Ben is the choice. That's five words, Chris. How about uh, five words from you? I'm going to switch it up. Claypool adjusting better than expected. Chase Claypool being the rookie wide receiver was not supposed to have a, a big year, as most rookies are going to struggle this year with no rookie camp, no mini camp, no preseason games. It was supposed to be rough. Training camp right now, he looks like he's adjusting to the professional life very well. He's contorting his body to make catches all around. He's not just running deep routes. It looks like the Steelers may be able to find a use for him and have a very diverse set of weapons for Ben Roethlisberger, the guy that everyone knows has to be on point to work with this year. Uh, Mark, let's uh, quickly go back to you. Uh, are you surprised at how smoothly have things have gone for the Steelers? I don't know that they have gone smoothly. We get the report from the pool reporters that's censored by the Steelers, so I don't trust the word that comes out of there, quite honestly. I do know Ben looks good. I've seen a few videos, but let's keep in mind, Evgeny Malkin had a great camp, too. I was one of those pool reporters, and I can tell you not a word of what I wrote and what I added to that report was censored. Not one. Well, it, it can well, be, though. that actually happened. Well, it can be, though. I don't like. I don't like. I don't like news being filtered by the team PR. Sorry, it's, but it's I don't. The NFL's guidelines, and we all subscribe to it. Chris, anything to add? I'm good. I'll let them <laughs> have it. <laughs> I'm good. That's only two words. Right. <laughs> I'm good. Back to you. All right. When we come back, how much influence will quarterbacks coach Mac Canada have on the Steelers' offense? Uh, back to Twitter. Hopefully, a lot after last year. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Back with more of the Subway Final Word right after this. Now, the Subway Final Word. Welcome back. I'm Albie Oxenrider tonight with Mark Madden, Dan Kovacevic, and Chris Carter. To our next topic, how much influence will quarterbacks coach Matt Canada have on the Steelers' offense Chris Carter, what do you think? We've already heard that he's actually already having some influence on the team. One thing that was been said for years was the Steelers needed to use more motion, use more play action, and we've already heard wrinkles from players like Deontay Johnson who said, uh, we're doing things that we didn't do before. Matt Canada was an expert in college at maximizing, maximizing the field horizontally, giving quarterbacks easier options underneath. I think that's another help that could go to Ben Roethlisberger, and if you can get more guys getting open underneath because you're moving players around and he's picking out, oh, they're in man coverage, they're in zone coverage, that's all the better. All right, our com uh, your comments will continue to scroll down the left side of your screen. Uh, Gerard uh, on Facebook says, lots of jet sweeps. <laughs> Dan, you're next. Oh, well, yeah, he did that at Pitt. I'm not sure if this is going to be the same thing, but you are going to see 
Matt Canada have an influence, as Carter was saying, on play actions if they can get Ben to buy in on that. Remember, that's not a thing that Ben has liked over the years, so there's probably going to be something of a sales job involved in that. In general, though, what you want to see from Matt Canada is more disguising of the offense. You heard way too often that Randy Feetner's offense lined up and basically just advertised what it was going to do. Uh, you can't win like that, especially in the AFC North, especially against Baltimore, a team that's going to outsmart you more often than not. Uh, I'm really looking forward to seeing what Matt Canada brings, especially in that sense, but just in general imagination, you know? Let's see some creativity. Didn't see that last year, regardless of the quarterbacks. Mark? Uh, I think he will have no influence whatsoever. Uh, ben Roethlisberger and Randy Fickner run the offense. Mike Tomlin has input. The quarterback's coach is going to get lost in the shuffle. He's way down the totem pole, but there's more. I think he will help a lot one-on-one -on -one with Mason Rudolph and be instrumental in his further development, even as Ben and Fickner chart the course during the games. All right. Thanks for those comments. With the NFL season less than three weeks away now, we're looking even further down the line. Dan, should the NFL try to institute a bubble for the playoffs similar to the NHL and NBA? Why or why not? Well, how about if they first see how the regular season goes? Everybody keeps hailing these bubbles as if they're the greatest thing. The, the fact is, and you're hearing some of this rumbling now out of the NHL, we also heard it earlier from the NBA, is that the players and the coaches don't want to be in there. Uh, Rick Bonus from the Dallas Stars had some really powerful remarks to that effect in the past week and caught a lot of people's attention across the National Hockey League. That's a long time to lock yourself up somewhere. Uh, I don't know that the NFL is going to need to do that. If they can get through 16 games, as I was saying earlier, just fine. If baseball can get through 60 games, fairly fine. Marlins, Cardinals, whatever. You know, just keep playing. All right, back to Twitter. Could never happen. And back to Chris. Yeah, I, my biggest thing is this, is that if we go through an entire season of the NFL and everything works fine, they're going to look at this and say, hey, the system's broke. We're not, your system uh, works. We're not going to you know, fix what, does, what isn't broke. That's the system that, that they're going to work with. Now, if there's struggles, if there's star players that are missing during the regular season, they may say, all right, let's take an extra week to get ready for the playoffs, give everyone an official, an unofficial buy, and move people into a bubble. But we're still several months from getting there. Let's see how this plays out in the NFL. Let's see these guys hit the field. And if there's no problems, don't push something on them that they don't need. Mark, is it too early to talk about a bubble? Uh, well, we have still part of the show to fill, so absolutely not. <laughs> uh, ain't going to be no bubble. The mm -hmm. rosters are too big. Each team's staff is too big. The players won't agree to it, even though the bubbles are working for the NBA and NHL, and for that matter, women's soccer and women's basketball. The negative reviews from the participating athletes are, are, are too widespread for the NFL players to even remotely entertain the idea. So they won't be going into a bubble. It's unwieldy and uh, it just ain't gonna happen. Well, it would be difficult too from a logistics standpoint, would it not, Dan? I mean, no, not really, because you're talking about a couple of conference championships. Uh, really? I mean, that's what we're talking about is when you're talking about playoffs in a bubble, uh, you're probably talking about just the conference championships in the Super Bowl, in which case it wouldn't be all that challenging. I, you know. Look, we're also talking about January and February. Can we also hope that there's a vaccine and we're not talking about this stuff still then? 
when there is a lot of people won't take it. I know, but let's hope the football players do for the purposes of don't, this conversation. Don't, don't forget, we got, an extra, we got an extra two teams in the playoffs this year, so we're going to get some more wild card teams. Again, I think that mm -hmm. if, they, if they cross that bridge and there's all those teams, I think it's going to be a tough thing to do, and it's going to be a heck of an investment and take a lot of planning. Those, those bubbles for the NHL and NBA didn't happen overnight. But and by the way, I'm sorry, ahead. Chris, go ahead. No, I was just saying, I was saying those didn't happen overnight. The NFL can make it happen, but I think it was just going to take more time. And by the way, Albie, I can only ask uh, God to look down upon the NBA and NHL players and protect them from the tragedy they're being forced to live through for all the millions they make, because God knows nobody in America has ever spent time away from their oh, family he, he, to do work before. Context. You know that. No, was, no, no. This, believe somebody me. Somebody asked him a question about why the stars are inconsistent in it's their performance. Whining. It's and whining. He didn't bring out a it's violin whining. for that. You Took, can paint took, it any way you took want, took but that's not what he let said. let the boys down. It's that whining. I agree with. That I agree with. All right. Let them down. Yes. All right. Don't look now, but the Pirates have won three in a row. You can keep this going for the Pirates. Bucks are now <laughs> seven and seventeen. So, Mark, what would a successful outcome at the trade deadline be for the Pirates? Well, regardless of what's successful or not, I don't think any major moves are going to be made by just about any team. I don't think, for example, another team would want to go and get Josh Bell and give back considerable assets in return if the guy might come in and you know catch COVID and not be available for the big games. There's mm. still enough doubt about the situation because of the various outbreaks among various teams where I just think action is going to be minimal at the deadline and I think it'll be relatively insignificant when it does occur. All right, uh, back to Twitter. Let's get real. Who do the Pirates have that's going to gather any kind of legit return? No one. All right, uh, Dan, oh, what, would, on. what would be an, a successful outcome for you at the deadline? First of all, that's ridiculous, and he knows that. This is, I mean, when you, if you just want to bash them, then bash them. But individually, they have players that are of value when you get to a trade deadline situation. I am 100% with Mark on this one, and that is that these players uh, are not moving anywhere in the major leagues. We're talking about even routine little waiver claims and stuff. None of it's happening. There's a reason for that. Everyone's af afraid's not the right word, but they're just treading lightly with bringing anybody new, moving people, literally physically moving them. And as a result, I think this deadline is going to be the least active you've seen in a long, maybe ever, maybe ever. The Pirates, that said, are clear sellers, and there aren't many in that category. All right, Chris. Yeah, I agree. I don't think I don't see a lot of teams making moves right now. Everyone's on edge in the MLB because they don't have bubbles, because they've seen spikes here and there. Teams have had to postpone entire games. We're talking about double headers. If you're talking about trading players and bringing them into organizations and then having to re-quarantine them and all these other things, that could cause a whole lot of hoopla. I think that most teams stay put. All right. Thanks for that. When we come back around the horn on any topic, the final word is next on the Subway Final Word. Welcome back. It's time now for the final word. Everybody gets a chance, and Chris Carter goes first. In 2017, when the Steelers drafted T.J. Watt, I wrote immediately for DK Pittsburgh Sports that he had to improve his pass rushing moves. And then I covered for the next few years as he improved those pass rushing moves and worked like a madman to improve that. So, Steelers, Steelers fans, believe me when I tell you that Devin Bush is on the same path. I've noted that uh, throughout his play, he's had trouble covering in space and working on, on moving and how his footwork works against tight ends. He said that exa those exact things were the things that he focused on in this offseason. He looks like he's on, this, on a very similar path. 
The Steelers may have another good one at the linebacker position. Mark, final word. The National Football League relies on ticket revenue for only 16% of the money it brings in. The NHL is tops in that regard with 37% coming from ticket revenue. It's because of that and because we're really not very close to solving the problem that is coronavirus, the NHL is not going to play again until it can sell tickets. And I mean all the tickets, not half house, not 75% even, but all the tickets. And because of that, I don't think the NHL will play again until the fall of 2021. You will never get those guys back in a bubble again, let alone for 82 games plus playoffs. So no hockey for quite some time. All right, Dan, final word. Wow, that actually was the final word. <laughs> that was really depressing. Uh, the, the Pirates have also been depressing, of course, this year. Uh, they're still, even after this sweep of Milwaukee, uh, just 7-17. Seven and 17. And they've got a week ahead where they're going to be still putting out players that you no longer want to watch play, like, like Gerard Dyson, like even Gregory Polanco after the weekend that he had. Everyone's going to say, go young, go young, go young. And they're right. But at the same time, they also have to show some of these guys in hopes that they can move them. If they can move these guys at the trade deadline, that's actually the goal. All right. Thanks, guys. Our word now, uh, final word from social media now. Time for Juju Smith-Schuster to shut up his haters once and for all. Not a chance. <laughs> Thanks for the tweets and Facebook posts tonight. Now it's time to... Pass the word about halftime adjustments. Wednesday night, 7.30 in the WPXI Now app. If Dan were here, well, he is here. Hey. He is here. Take <laughs> it over, Dan. Well, you know, I could tell you that at every Wednesday at 7.30, Albie and I get together on WPXI Now and that you can find that fine app by going to your smart TV. It's free. It's fun. It includes this show, too. All right. Download on the Apple TV, Roku, Amazon Fire, wherever you get them. And make sure you join us Wednesday nights at 7.30. I'm out. Thanks, Dan. Thanks, Mark. Thanks, Chris. I'm Albie Oxenrider, and thank you for staying up late with us. See you next time.